Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. You're a wizard, Harry. Turn to page 394. Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? Welcome, Pixie Nesters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. What up? (laughs) And produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Don't forget to check out all of our social media after the show. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. We are on (sighs) book two. Mm -hmm. Chamber of Secrets. Yes. I don't know why I did that. Anyway, that was very dramatic. Devious. <laughs> Again. So, so I want to preface to everyone. I did not get to finish the Chamber of Secrets. I've had a lot of stuff going on in my my work, personal life that when I get home, I, I just can't. I, I can barely look at a TV screen or a book. I just fall asleep. I've been extremely mm-hmm. tired. I've been overworked. Mm-hmm. Um, So I only got through half of the book. Um, and the rest of the stuff I got off of a couple websites. I got off of Screen Rants. I got mm-hmm. off of um, a Harry Potter fandom website. And then, of course, I, I kind of skimmed through the book. Um, so hopefully everything is correct. If anything is wrong, hopefully Sammy or Dan can correct me or mm-hmm. um, you guys can correct us in our social media pages. Um, but I tried to be as accurate as possible. So I apologize mm-hmm. ahead of time. Well, let's get started. All right. Uh, so this is the book, as you all know, we bring Dobby into the picture. Mm-hmm. And um, at the very beginning, I forgot that, it, number one, it wasn't a cake. It was pudding. And number two, the pudding was not dropped on Miss Mason. It was actually dropped on Harry in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Miss Mason actually, in my mind, would have made more sense for him to get in trouble. Right. I know. And it's funnier. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also not in the movie is he actually gets his first magic warning letter in this book. Mm-hmm. In the I, movies, I, we don't, I in the movies a, we don't see it till three. 
I thought so because I was wait. I was watching the movie. I was like, wait, doesn't he get a first? Like, doesn't he accidentally get a warning or something? And like, I remember he it does. somewhere in Chamber of Secrets. So mm -hmm. it was a book. Yeah, but it was only in a book. And Dursley did not. Vernon did not know that he didn't couldn't do magic until he got that letter. Mm -hmm. Then he was caught. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he was finally caught in in the beginning of this book, and that's when he gets the bars on the window and mm. and and all the different things. Um. But in the book, I forgot about this. So when George, Fred George and uh, Ron come to rescue him, and this is when mm -hmm. I really started to love Fred and George was this book, mm -hmm. um, is they actually have to get out of the car, go downstairs to the cupboard and pick lock everything because they actually had all of his trunk belongings, all of it locked away under the stairs. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Fred and George had to sneak through and muggle pick the lock. Mm -hmm. And they knew how to do it. They which sure I found did. Hilarious that mm -hmm. they knew how to do that. Yes. Um, which made them made me love them even more. Mm -hmm. And then actually, as they're leaving, uh, uh, Harry mentions Dobby in the car, and Fred and George actually say, "I bet you that's Malfoy's untrustworthy servant." Like that sounds I like do, a Malfoy thing. Too, yeah. mm -hmm. So you already kind of in the book know, like this is this is a mouth. This could be a Malfoy trick. This mm -hmm. could be this Malfoys are up to something, right? Mm -hmm. So, but it's omitted in the film. You don't see it. Um, and then when we get home, I was very disappointed when I read the chapter. Like I forgot mm -hmm. the the speech that Mrs. Weasley does in the book is not the same as in the movie, and I adore the movie speech. Mm -hmm. Where have you been? That's mm -hmm. empty, no notes, cog on, none of that is in the speech. It mm -hmm. makes me so sad. And she's like ranting while she's cooking. And I'm just like, okay, this is a rare moment for me, but the book did this better. <laughs> or the movie did this better. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. In my opinion. And then also the clock was different in the book. So the clock in the movie has all of the, all of the members of the family on there. And it like shows where they are. Actually, in the book, it's only supposed to be one clock hand, and it's supposed to move to what time of the day she's supposed to do things, like when it's time to make tea, when it's time to do laundry, when it's time to mm -hmm. whatever. It's not okay. like they changed what the clock is. Huh. I kind of like the clock in the book better because it's less like a smartphone. Right. I felt like I was, I'm like, the. I feel like they have like a magical GPS on their kids mm -hmm. with the other clock. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That was my own opinion. To me, that would make more sense, though. Like, I feel like the magic world would have something like that because she's still mm -hmm. a mom. Yeah. True. Yeah, I liked the movie Clock. Mm -hmm. mm. I guess. I don't know. I mm. like the other one. Um, The gnomes. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about the gnomes mm -hmm. where they have to, like, drop kick them mm -hmm. off Get into rid the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh. Again, more Fred and George, more time with them and, right. and their craziness. So seeing just mm -hmm. these boys be fun together and and they're like, it doesn't hurt them. They're fine. They'll be back next week. Sort of deal yes. like mm -hmm. denoming the garden. Mm -hmm. right. It was it was fun to kind of see them have to do chores around the house to see what like a wizarding family is like mm -hmm. before they mm -hmm. go to school. Mm -hmm. They're those friends you always hope you have in your group. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh, how Harry gets lost is actually different in the book than in the movie. In the movie, he like trips over his words and say, diagonally. 
And the book, he actually ends up swallowing, like it get the ash, the poly, the polyjuice. That's not right. That's later. You're talking um, about the flu powder. Flu powder. Thank mm-hmm. you. The flu powder gets in his mouth, and he actually ends up swallowing it and sputtering out the words. And that's how he ends up in Borgen and Burks. Gotcha. Uh, and then in Borgen and Burks, they have this as a deleted scene, and you can see it. They sure do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Draco and Lucius actually come into Borgen and Burks in the book and mm-hmm. um, do their kind of whole thing. And uh, it's, I I don't understand why they took it out because I feel like it was a needed scene even for the movie. Like I watched, when I was watching the movie on, was it HBO that had the deleted scenes put in or was it the other one? No, it's Peacock, I think. That Peacock, Peacock actually plays them streaming with the deleted scenes. And as I'm watching this and that scene goes through, I'm like, we needed this. We needed mm-hmm. to see that Lucius was up to something that he was still not good. Like this really does open up loose, like the fact that Lucius is just... <laughs> Now, mm-hmm. I know they're like, well, we see this when we go into Flourish and Blots. Nah, it's a little worse than Borgen and Burtz, mm-hmm. in my opinion. No, I agree. I think it was a better setup for the character. Yep. Uh, big plot hole in the movie. Hermione fixes his glasses in the movie. She's not at Hogwarts. Why is she fixing the glasses and not getting a letter from mm-hmm. the magic people? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. No, that's Ugh. a good point. Mrs. Weasley fixes his glasses. That's, yeah. Mm-mm. Good call. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then when they meet uh, Lockhart in the movie, he gets literally all of Lockhart's books. That's mm-hmm. actually not how it goes in the book. In the book, he only gets Magical Me for free. And Lockhart actually announces he's going to be a professor for mm-hmm. Hogwarts with Harry around his, like, with Harry mm-hmm. right next to him. Yeah. Uh, which is just so annoying. He's the most annoying character truly i mean umbridge is horrible like worst worst villain in all of time and space Mm -hmm. but lockhart is probably the second character that i hate the most (laughs) because he's so annoying and so arrogant Uh, he gets on my nerves i was so happy when he lost his memory (laughs) (sighs) super annoying I feel like I would have been more annoyed in the book. I forget him in the book, but watching the movie, I was like, I know I'm supposed to be annoyed with you, but you're so amusing. Like, you're so into yourself and having so much fun with it. It's like, I I can't say I like him, Mm -hmm. but I was entertained by him. I enjoyed him. Mm -hmm. He annoys me. He does get on my nerves. And then just like in uh, the first movie or the first book we talked or the first movie we talked about that we got robbed of a beautiful scene of Harry being sassy with Snape. We mm-hmm. got robbed again. Mm-hmm. Lucius and Arthur actually have a fist fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did we not get the fist fight? I don't know. That would have been cool. That's I don't know. Surprising than Harry being sassy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they cut it out. Literally, Arthur jumps him and smashes him in the face. Yeah, Arthur's like, I'm tired of your crap, Lucius. Mm-hmm. Why do we not get it? Oh my god, that would have been good. I was so furious. I read that. I was, I was just like, right. I am gonna lose my voice from doing these episodes. Probably. Moving on. <laughs> um. So apparently, there was a lot more Colin Creevy in this movie or in this book. So this is the part where mm-hmm. I start to get it from other places. Um. 
a lot more Colin Creevy in this book uh, than what we get in the movie. Lockhart actually gets jealous of Colin asking for Harry's, keeps asking for Harry's autograph. Mm-hmm. And Lockhart, like, kind of lays into Harry about it, like, in his nice little, like, egotistical mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. He just has, it just shows, he did, he was so much worse in the book. And I think that's why I don't like him so much, because he's so much worse in the book. Fair enough. Um, he is super in the book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also in this book, we figure out, and I remember this, we figure out that Filch is a squib. Squib? Mm-hmm. Squib. Yeah. Uh, this is where you have magical parents, but you have no magic, which is just so sad. That is I, sad. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, no so I'm like, oh, now I know why you're so angry. Right. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, a little bit more sympathy for you, Filch. Yeah. And he has to spend his entire life around all these kids who yep. get what he never had. Yep. Mm-hmm. No wonder he hates all these kids. And the reason he's so he's so mean to Harry, especially in the second book here, is because Harry find like he picks up the letter and gives it to him. And he has no idea what this means, but mm-hmm. like Filch thinks he does, and now he thinks he's mm-hmm. gonna tell everyone. And that's why he says that Harry uh petrified uh Mrs. Norris and mm-hmm. just all the different things. It's just like, oh, I'm sorry, Filch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes me hate him less. Yep. I feel bad. It did. For it him. Made, I, yeah. I think after the second book, I'm like, okay, I don't hate you anymore. Yeah. I just pity you. Yes. That's a good Which can be kind of worse. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the uh, Gollum slash Smeagol in this world. <laughs> yes, he is. He really is. Yeah. Until the fifth book. Then I hate him again because. Oh, yeah. He, he teams up with Umbridge. Uh, he's besties. Yeah. 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 Then we have problems. Mm-hmm. Then we have problems. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, Defense Against Dark Arts class. The chaos in it is actually much worse in the book. Hermione doesn't save the day. They don't even collect the pixies. The pixies take his wand, throw it out the window. They don't, like, destroy the the dragon thing. Um, Longbottom does get put on an iron. Handle your thing. Mm-hmm. But the they actually have bells in um, Harry Potter. I forgot about this. The bell rings. And everyone runs out the door and the pixies are still creating chaos. Mm-hmm. So how he got the pixies out, I do not know. He probably didn't. I, sh- I don't think he did because I think the pixies like somehow found their way into the room of requirement because he fought fi- the pixies kind of burst out of a spot later. If you guys remember that. Kind of. I can't remember. I think it's when he's looking for, I think it's like book five or six. Okay. Books five or six, like, mm-hmm. the, or maybe seven, when he's looking for the diadem, the pixies burst out somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll mention it when we get there. Okay. Um, but I think they end up in the room of requirement, which is a book, is a movie plot hole because they like capture them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they make it to the room of requirement for in mm-hmm. the movie for them to burst up, and it's just a thing. <laughs> Anywho, um, let's see here. He did not hear the snake's voice when he was in detention. Uh, there's actually, I don't even think we really go into the detention, if I remember correctly. He's actually at Nick's death party, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just creepy. Uh, but that's when he starts hearing the voices of the snake is when he's at uh, Sir Nick's uh, death mm-hmm. party. And that's why Snape is like, I didn't see him had dinner. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I've been seen by a hundred ghosts. Like, oh mm-hmm. yes, of course, you were seen by a hundred goats, ghosts. But I think you should be suspended from from uh, Quidditch. And McGonagall yeah. was like, really? No, you just don't want to lose, sort of deal. Like, nah. it was a whole thing between those two, which mm-hmm. was great. Um, and then also in the book, Draco never notices the snitch. 
in the Quidditch match. Mm-hmm. He's literally berating Harry so much that he never sees the snitch and Harry snatches the snitch from beside him before he can even realize what's going on, mm-hmm. which I think is a much more humiliating loss. Mm-hmm. I really wish they would have done it that way yeah. instead mm-hmm. of I remember being very satisfied reading that. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what you get, you arrogant little turd. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And then Fred and George actually attempt to protect Harry from the rogue bludger. Hermione does yeah. not destroy it in the book. They actually somehow get it back in its case. So mm-hmm. someone's going to have to take care of it. But yeah, um, it's it's not Hermione. It's Fred and mm-hmm. George. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the apologies potion. So in the movie, they just kind of grab a book from the library, but actually mm-hmm. in the book, they it's a restricted section book and mm-hmm. only a professor can sign off on it. And who is okay with signing off on it? Cause he loves signing his name. Hermione got Lockhart to sign it. <sighs> and that's how they got the book. Yeah. Also with the apologies potion. If you think about the movie, um, they don't show how they get the ingredients uh-uh. from for the apologies potion. So nope. later on in book four, when when Snape is accusing Harry of like his friends of stealing stuff, you're kind. If if you only watch the movies, you're kind of confused. You're like, he never Why? stole. What's what's mm-hmm. going on? Yeah. In the book, they actually make a ruckus so someone can steal the stuff yeah. from Snape for the apologies potion. Mm-hmm. So that's why he accuses them later because. Mm-hmm. They did. They, they did, did steal from him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that was omitted, which was dumb. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been fun to see them cause a ruckus in potions class. And oh, surely. Oh, yes. I think that would be amazing. Uh, let's see here. Also, something that I noticed, uh, I noticed in the movies um is that the movies have multiple houses together, more than two. And in the books, there's very specific that it's like two houses have classes together. And two houses have the other class together. Like, they don't have all four houses in mix. And Chamber of Secrets, they were doing that. They were mixing Hufflepuff, Slytherin, right? Hufflepuff, Slytherin, and Gryffindor in all mm-hmm. the classes, which made no sense. Because where's the Ravenclaws, number two, number one? And number two, are they just off on their own? Are the Ravenclaws so annoyed with everyone? They're like, we yes. will go to class by ourselves. Probably. Because yes. you idiots are dumb. Exactly. We would prefer to be alone. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are the Gen X of Hogwarts. Get out of my face. Oh my gosh, that makes sense. You are the Gen X of Hogwarts. Fair. Huh. Okay, so when they are doing the duel, so the dueling club. So number one, the dueling club, um, there was more than just like, they didn't, in the book, it was everyone had a partner and they were dueling together. It mm-hmm. wasn't just Harry and Ra, or Harry and... Draco. Draco, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing this. Yep. Yeah, even I heard that one. It's storming. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna keep going. Um, but did you know, um, rectum, uh, rectus, rectum, mm, what is the what is rectum? Rectum sempra. Sectum. Sec- no. Sectum sempra. No, no, it's not that spell. What? What is? Spelling. I just don't said to correct him like five times. Just now, so. <laughs> this is not going well. Okay, it's Rictu 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 No, is that what it is? no, Rictu Sempra. Rick, Rictu Sempra. 
I'm trying to think like. of how Drake. How, I can't how remember Harry how he said it. it. I'm sorry. When he says it, there is when he says it, there it sounds like rectum. I'm just gonna say it. Um, but anyways, like it was used as a like Draco did some flips. It's actually supposed to be for uncontrollable tickling. Oh, okay. And there were right. some things like that where they made the spells a little bit more intense in the movie and where mm-hmm. they were actually supposed to be whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the book. So there's that. Um, and then the first time we see a petrified pe- um, person, so nearly had this Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why they changed this in the movie. So petrified Nick is actually supposed to be floating horizontal and he's supposed to be black mm-hmm. to show that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. movie, they kept him floating upright and white. It's like, mm-hmm. no, this is supposed to be scary. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you didn't <clears throat> do this. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. In the book, Hermione does not, or in the book, the boys do not steal the robes off of Crab and Goyle, which I always thought was a weird thing for them to do in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Hermione <laughs> actually steals bigger robes from the laundry mm-hmm. because in the books, all the robes are plain black and have no house colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The yeah. movies added the house colors so people can differentiate. Yeah, yeah. figure out who's who. Um. Also, another thing, uh, Bins, who we talked about a couple episodes ago about being the history and magic professor, the ghost who just comes in, lectures, and leaves, mm-hmm. uh, for the first time ever, looks up, and there's a hand in the uh, audience, and it's yep. Hermione. Yes. And um, she interrupted him for the first time ever in his mm-hmm. probably history of teaching, mm-hmm. and he's actually the one who told the story about the Chamber of Secrets, which makes more sense because Bins was probably there when the chamber was made. Oh, most definitely he was. <coughs> Certainly. Yep. Um, we also do not see that Penelope Clearwater uh, is a victim of the basilisk in the film, but it mm-hmm. is shown in the movie because Percy is distraught mm-hmm. um, with, with her. Uh, and then in the journal vision, Harry only actually sees Headmaster Tibbet when talking to Tom Riddle, not Dumbledore. I understand why they did the change. They would have had to do, I mean, it, people would have probably been confused in. Yeah, like, who's this? But um, it's just a little thing. Mm-hmm. And then apparently there were a lot more foreshadowing moments of Ginny being the person who opened the chamber. Um, but the movie actually took a lot of them out. There was a couple in the movie, but not to the extent that the mm-hmm. book had. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Oh, the book mentions that the crowing of roosters is fatal to basilisk later on when we find out it's a basilisk Mm -hmm. and that explains why all of Hagrid's roosters are killed um in the book but they don't touch that in the movie uh let's see here oh in the book Ron apparently he's only a little bit more he's only reluctant to look for the spiders he's not petrified like in the movie they like Mm -hmm. over exaggerated it in the Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. and um they actually get taken by spiders like the spiders kind of find them and grab them and take them to Aragon Gotcha. They don't actually walk in, which mm-hmm. in my mind is a lot scarier. And I'm very, very happy they did it the way they did it in the movie. Yeah, I had enough of the spiders as it was. Yeah. So yeah. too many spiders. Yeah. Um, and then apparently this uh, nope, I already said that. Um, and then when they finally get to the chamber itself, uh, the snake is only supposed to be 20 feet long, not 60, like they said in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and then also in the book, the entrance to the chamber where, where Ginny was con, um, cons- consisted of a solid wall 
on which two intertwined serpents are carved, their eyes set with great glittering emeralds. And when Harry speaks Parseltongue to open the entrance, the serpents part. Sorry, I'm about to hiccup. <coughs> um, let's see here. Where was I? Part, the walls crack open and the halves slide smoothly out of sight. So it's not that circle thing that we have in the mm -hmm. movie. It's like a wall. Mm -hmm. uh, let's cooler. see here. And then actually the fight against the basilisk in the book is much, much shorter and much, much cleaner. They don't mm -hmm. run through the drains. He doesn't climb up mm -mm. a statue. It's mm -hmm. very, very short and sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. And actually Fox uses his tears to heal Harry before Riddle is killed. He doesn't stab the book until after Riddle is killed. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also what they don't show is Gryffindor won the house cup again. Wow, I spelled Gryffindor wrong. Oh, well. um and then <laughs> and then hermione um actually hugs both boys in the book she i know why she doesn't in the movie thing. i know why she doesn't i read this. there's actually a reason yes so little emma was super embarrassed on set and having a difficult time with hugging both of them so why? they were I didn't because she was 12 and it was awkward and there's like 10,000 people Cooties. on movie sets staring at you doing this thing. Mm, and enough. so they settled to let her hug Harry and then just awkwardly kind of not do it with Ron, which kind of set up for them later in life. So, yeah, you know, it kind mm -hmm. of worked out. But that's why it was really an Emma Watson thing, not a Hermione thing. Gotcha. Interesting. I remember she well, does that a couple times in the book, like hugs both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like all right, that's all I got for the books. Yay. Woo. Um, I was just thinking too with that roast roaster, the rooster thing too. There is also a deleted scene where um Hagrid's like walking around with one of the dead ones. Yeah. And he kind of mentions it to Harry. So doesn't really tie into Ginny specifically, but it, he does bring that up. Um, and then I know for I don't think I have it anywhere, but with um the foreshadowing in the movie that they specifically do with the Malfoy tie-in is when Lucius takes the book from Jenny's cauldron when he puts it back he clearly mm -hmm. puts two back so if yeah. you notice that you would kind of pick up on the the fact you know yeah yeah, yeah. well and the first time you watch the movie you probably don't realize what it is until much mm -mm. much later but yeah, yeah you rewatch it you can is... catch it mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay so movie stuff so again this was rated pg it's kids family fantasy adventure genre director chris columbus has returned for the last time Producer is David Heyman, writer Steve Cloves, and J.K. Rowling. This movie came out November 15th, 2002, and its box office gross in the USA was $262 million. So it actually made less than the last movie. And its runtime is two hours and 41 minutes. I believe this is the longest Harry Potter movie that we will be discussing. Because the last one is two, so we won't, you know, count yeah. that as one giant movie. But I thought this was a bit longer than the other. Yes, this is for whatever reason the longest. This does one. not feel that long. Yeah, it does to me. This one feels like it drags out. A bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh. I mean, it's good. It's just like there, there are a couple of moments where I'm just like, all right. All right I literally used to watch this one on repeat. Mm -hmm. really. But oh we God. grew up yeah. with it, so that's probably why we're just like, yeah, this Fair is enough. great. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference. I would be playing the Hogwarts um, PC game and we mm -hmm. had a TV in our office and mm -hmm. I'd have Chamber of Secrets. It was during the summer. Chamber mm -hmm. of Secrets on DVD and just nice. rolling it. <laughs> just playing it. Just playing it. That's so funny. 
All right. So this one has an 82% rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, an 80% audience score, and a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. So it did go down a little bit from the last movie. Um, actors we won't go over, but this is our first appearance of Arthur Weasley. So I thought that was important to mention. Mark Williams mm-hmm. pops in. And our first Lucius Malfoy, Jason Isaacs, pops up too. So such a good choice for mm-hmm. both. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the casting was great um let's see okay so since dan apparently has a thing for moaning myrtle shirley henderson spiritual connection (laughs) well shirley henderson is the oldest actress she was 37 to play a hogwarts student and she is moaning myrtle the dead moaning myrtle love her no she does certainly not look that old no she doesn't cgi because i've seen her in actual stuff and she does look that old (laughs) well there you go and unfortunately, according to J.K. Rowling, Moni Myrtle was a member of Ravenclaw. So, <laughs> as much as it pains me to admit that, I just there don't even say that. She's one of you. I don't know why. But I know it all. She's so annoying. God. She's existential and she's angsty and she thinks about death all the time. I understand her. She is pretty funny, though. <laughs> I will give you that. She's good at ranting. She gets angry. She's got anger issues. She is. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, this is the final Harry Potter film to feature Richard Harris as mm. our Professor Albus Dumbledore. He died of Hodgkin's disease a few weeks before this movie's American release. And both this movie and The Prisoner of Azkaban are dedicated to his memory. Mm. That's good. So sad. Yeah. So Hugh Grant was originally cast as Gilderoy Lockhart, but he was forced to withdraw at the last moment because of scheduling conflicts with two weeks notice. That's too bad. He would have been really good. Yeah, but I like this guy better for Gilderoy. I could see. I don't know. I could see both. More cheeky. The new guy's more cheeky. The new guy's more cheeky. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Because I love Hugh. It would be very hard to hate Hugh or like be annoyed at Hugh. He would have been too charming. Been like, oh, you're you know, so that's cute. fair. Yeah, Hugh is very charming as an actor. So that's I mean, the girls are supposed to be charmed by Gilderoy right. and the boys are supposed to be annoyed. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Freaking Gilderoy. Uh, young Hagrid was played by Martin Bayfield, who stood in for Robbie Coltrane as his height double in all of the other Potter movies, as we said, but his voice was still dubbed by Robbie, obviously. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And during the shoot, the part of Dobby was played by a ball on a stick. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, CGI, so obviously he wasn't really there. <laughs> yeah, so apparently there was a podcast in 2002 that talked about the movie release and they were claiming that Russian President Vladimir Putin was deeply disturbed and offended that Dobby the house elf, house elf seemed to have been created in his image. And they do kind of look alike if you look at them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if... <sighs> I didn't see it until until you mentioned I'm, it just now. I'm but, sorry, uh, your mother, um, or I mean, I'm sorry, your father or mother mated with an elf. I, I don't. I. It's. It, I feel like it's one of those like he, he saw what he wanted to see. Probably. <laughs> I I, I don't see it funny. personally, but I could. Yeah, uh, I see it now. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it either, and then that just made me laugh. Whatever. Yeah. 
So as we mentioned last time, director Chris Columbus actually has his four children appear in this film. So Eleanor oh. plays Susan Bones and in the, the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see her getting her house placement. As we said, she's a Hufflepuff. Violet plays a girl with flowers in one of the Hogwarts moving picture frames in the Which first one that two is? movies. Uh-huh. Isabella plays a girl at the bookstore when Lockhart is introduced. And Brendan is in the study hall. So he put his kids in all of them. They're one of the few American actors in these movies. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't Makes know sense. there were any American actors in this movie. Yeah, they. I guess they got um, allowed in because of Chris Columbus, because otherwise they're like all British. Well, mm-hmm. thanks for thinking of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And there's a couple of us hanging out <laughs> in the movies. We're in the background, you know, whatever. It's, you know, whatever. It's kind of there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got some movie magic trivia. So there were 14 Ford Anglias that were destroyed to create the scene where Harry and Ron crash into the Whomping Willow. I was like, that's a lot, 14. Um, Chris Columbus, um, who is the executive producer and director, instructed cinematographer Roger Pratt to bring a darker look to the movie, reflecting the darker tone of the story. So all of this mm-hmm. sits, sits, all of the sets were lit with more subdued lighting and the color palette was desaturated a bit. And then it continued as we keep talking about these, each movie gets darker and desaturated as we go along. So this yep. was the first one they did it in. I couldn't remember if they did it this early, so they, they did. Well, I mean, you're working with them, or, or you're, Voldemort technically is in this movie, technically. Yeah, his, his little weird memory, be a little dark. Horcrux thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. They used full-size models to replace the cast members in scenes where the characters have been petrified. So they literally made entire models of these people. They they looked like models. Yeah, to me, like, they looked like dummies too. But d- yeah, yeah, like dummy something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Still pretty cool that they made them though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. J.K. Rowling actually created a guide to teach the cast members how to speak parcel tongue. Okay. Like that was a little nice, much, but nice. okay. All right. And well, what's his face? created a whole elvish language and that's so did fair. what's the space Talking. for klingon right. that's fair like, mm-hmm. so why not create a whole thing for personal yeah why, why not, not? Mm-hmm. why not in order to create a realistic image of the floating set of needles that are knitting in the burrow one of the crew coerced his mother to let them film her for several hours as she did her own knitting i just thought that was cute mm-hmm. they're just like let me film you so i can get this right and Lucius and Harry's exchange just before Lucius leaves Dumbledore's office was not in the script, but completely improvised by the actors on the spot. Jason Isaacs thought he should say something, and Chris Columbus told him to try it. So Isaacs quipped, let's hope that Mr. Potter will always be around to save the day. And Daniel Radcliffe immediately replied, don't worry, I will be. And then it ended up in the movie and the trailer. Nice. So that was improvised on the day. That was a very hairy thing to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's great they played off of each other like that. I thought that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Felton actually forgot his line when Draco sees <laughs> Harry disguised as Goyle. So he improvised. I didn't know you could read. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Nice. I remember learning that. And that also obviously made the final cut. So that's pretty funny. Read. Mm-hmm. Jason Isaacs actually had the idea for Lucius Malfoy to have the long blonde hair as well as carrying a walking stick where he would conceal his wand. He actually grew attached to the stick and tried to take it off set, but he was caught. Did not work for him. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, So um, 
And because of the wig that he had to wear to keep the hair from falling in front of his face, Isaacs actually had to keep his held til head tilted back, which further added to the snobbishness of the character, making him look down his nose at everyone. Mm -hmm. So that was actually to kind of keep the hair back, but it also worked for yeah. the character, you know. Um, and then I didn't put it in here, but there was one other thing I know I had read and seen. There's like a bit too um, at the end of the movie when they're leaving and Lucius kicks Dobby down the stairs. Uh -huh. um, when they're leaving so that wasn't in the script either so he just improvised that when he was walking out and so you know he does this little kick but there's there's no one there, Nothing there. Mm -hmm. so you know uh, chris columbus whoever on set they're just like what was that what were you doing there and he's like oh i kicked dobby so then they <laughs> added that in <laughs> you know he's just like i thought he would kick him so <laughs> he added the little thing so it was another thing that he did i just love that isaacs was so into this character i think it's yeah it's he was awesome. he, he really he just such a good job mm -hmm. you could tell you could really tell Mm -hmm. uh, so during the Quidditch match, here's some more fun facts. Some of the John Williams music used while Harry and Draco chase the Golden Snitch was used during the speeder chase scene in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. I need to rewatch this. I've never noticed that. Mm -hmm. wait, 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 I, wait, I, I, mm, yeah, they use some of the same music as Attack of the Clones during the um, Golden Snitch chase scene. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to listen to that. Mm -hmm. I, I forgot to, to go back and rewatch this. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. And this makes sense because um, if I remember right, John Williams is kind of like not available so much for this. And I don't remember if I have this fact somewhere. So they were kind of reusing some of the music in this movie because he was That's, doing other things because he's a very yeah, He didn't return busy until man. like movie three or four or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like because he's yeah. very busy, you know. All right. Yeah, no wants John Williams music. So. Star Wars, Indiana Jones. All so they reused some of it. Being yeah. John Williams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. During an interview with Rupert, he revealed that the slugs he coughed up were fake. Obviously, they were fake. Um, but they I had different so. flavored slime, and he said they tasted quite good. So there's a disgusting fact for you. Yeah, they tasted That's good. good to know, because that was making me gag watching this. Well, yeah, I always I'm thought the first one was like real. Mm -hmm. I thought someone said in a behind the scenes that the no. first one that they kind of like fake got out of his mouth was like the first one we see come out was a real slug and then the rest no. were candy no they were they were pretend oh okay no. and i watched a behind the like scenes thing and it's very clearly not a real slug when it pops out okay yeah so which gross thank god mm -hmm. it's disgusting um yeah. yeah so when harry speaks to tom riddle when he's writing in the diary the handwriting is not actually daniel radcliffe's Chris Columbus didn't think that Radcliffe's handwriting was how Harry would write, so he used an extra's handwriting instead. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who it was, but it was not Daniel Radcliffe. And the set for Flourish and Blots is a redress of the set that served as Ollivander's wand shop in the Sorcerer's Stone. So they just redecorated it for the movie. Okay. Which they do a lot, so I'm not totally surprised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. And Jason Isaacs actually provided the voice of the basilisk when it's calling to its victims. Chris Columbus thought that Isaacs was so good at doing voiceover work, he asked him to create a creepy sounding voice for the basilisk, considering the book only describes it as like a hissing sound. So that is Jason Isaacs that you hear when you hear the snake. Wow. I had that was no good. idea. I did not know that. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. He did a very good job. Mm-hmm. And here's another fun John Williams fact. So when Harry is healed by Fox's tears during the finale, the music echoes that of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when the water from the Holy Grail heals Henry Jones Sr. Okay, tomorrow when I have time, I'm going to be <laughs> figuring that. Like, I don't, 
I would have never put those two together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love both of those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Dan's thinking hard. I am thinking. I know. I'm giving I'm, you all I'm sorts of stuff. Going back to make those connections. Ooh. All right. So here's some fun filming stuff. Filming began only three days after the release of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, obviously, because kids grow very fast. So mm-hmm. they need yeah. to get this moving along. Although based on the second shortest book, this is the longest of the movies. So I was right. This is weird. Mm -hmm. In the UK, this became the first movie to achieve a million DVD sales in its first weekend. And this is the only Harry Potter movie to have a post credit scene. And I don't even remember what it was. (laughs) I probably, I was saying I was going to double check which scene it was. And I apologize because I forgot. You look I'll it up while you talk. Okay, yeah. I was like, oh, I need to double check this. Um, and apparently, many Harry Potter fans went to see Scooby Doo, which was released in 2002, only so they could see the trailer of this movie. And that reminded That's, me of like Star yeah. Wars when people would go to see the movie because they just want to see the trailer for Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they would just leave. Yeah. leave. yeah. Same sort of idea. Um, this movie earned over $88 million in the U.S. in its opening weekend, which at the time placed it third in the list of all-time biggest openings behind Spider-Man and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And this Showing is the- Lockhart. It's the Lockhart scene where we see he has no memory and he's in the hospital. Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember okay. now. I've seen it. Yes. I definitely remember that now. Okay. There you go. That's the, the deleted- or the- post credit scene. This is the first of only two films of the series not to receive any Academy Award nominations, and the other mm-hmm. was The Order of the Phoenix. He was whiny in that one, too. Oh, I have things to say. When we get there. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. So during ske- due to scheduling conflicts, John Williams was not able to deliver a fully elaborated score. So composer William Ross was hired to adapt his material to complete the score. So then that's why. We ended up with some of the stuff that we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The opal necklace, which plays an important part in the Half-Blood Prince, can be briefly glimpsed in a display case in Borgen and Burks. So there you go. It comes back later. Mm -hmm. And when Hagrid is escorting Harry out of Nocturne Alley, and again, when Lockhart turns to show his other profile to the photographer, you can see hardcover editions of Harry Potter books on the shelves. Oh, that's funny. In the background. I thought that was funny, too. And then we talked about this. The guard that confronts Harry and Ron when they fail to get to platform nine and three quarters was the same mm-hmm. as the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The opal necklace. It, 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 it yes. curses Katie. Yes. Yeah, that's where it comes back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry like go. my brain had to do that. That's, the, that's the why the I mentioned connector. it. Yes. It's important. Yes, it comes back. And I couldn't really do much for Snape's redemption for exactly. my fun little thing. Uh, so the best I could do, I Googled this too. I was like, I'm going to find something I can bring up. So the best thing that I could find was that technically Harry Potter learned his signature spell, Expelliarmus, from Snape in the Dark Club. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's he like would have learned Expelliarmus. He was supposed no. to probably learn it from Defense no. Against Dark Arts, but no. they had a crap teacher. Well, then the good thing Snape was there to teach him it. Mm-hmm. Oh, please. Which, which he wanted to be. The Everybody the learns that spell. Anyway, he so. did. Yes. Nan is correct. Everybody learns that spell. No. I don't believe you. Whatever. Favorite characters in this movie. <laughs> Lord. 
Dan. Oh, that's me. Okay. Uh, yes, that's scrolling you. down to what I had written. Uh, okay. Yeah, I had to do I had to do new ones because I couldn't just repeat what I had did before. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dobby, obviously, can't not love Dobby. Uh, Lucius Malfoy, he's just he's a fun bad guy. That's it. Yes. He's, he's mm -hmm. more fun than Voldemort. A lot more fun than Voldemort. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Moaning Myrtle. I have a deep spiritual connection with Moaning Myrtle. So weird. Don't ask me. Honestly, if you ask me why, I couldn't even tell you. Couldn't even mm -hmm. tell you. I just, I mean, she mm -hmm. she hangs out in the dark. She hangs out in sewers and she thinks about death all the time. If I, if look, it goes to real and we happen to turn into ghosts. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Just haunting a public restroom somewhere. I Except I won't, I won't, I won't be moaning. I'll be singing like Frank Sinatra or something. Okay, good to know. So, yeah. So if Dan be. goes before us, if you hear singing in the bathroom, mm -hmm. you hear Frank Sinatra haunting. somewhere. <laughs> then we got Dan haunting the bathroom. Uh, That's it. Okay. Um, I really love Fred and George in this one, um, mm -hmm. in the movie and the book, uh, we get to see them in Quidditch. They're saving Harry. We, mm -hmm. we just, we start to see a little bit more of them. Mm -hmm. Um, of course I love the trio in this book. This is probably one of my favorite, um, movies and books and also is Prisoner of Aspen. So I'm excited for next week. Yes. Um, yeah. Prisoner of Aspen, mm -hmm. in my opinion, is probably the best book out of the Yes, and it's literally my favorite. I agree. Yeah. Um, so the trio, and then I didn't add it on here, but I mean, so book, so so book, no, not even book, movie two, because I didn't like Draco when I was reading the books, but when movie two came out, uh -huh. that is when my crush on Draco Malfoy happened. Mm. Because that scene when he comes around the corner on on the staircase mm -hmm. and that whole scene happens and he like does the little like eyebrow thing at the end like see you next mm. see at school mm -hmm. oh i melted as a 12 13 year old i was like and there's my blonde husband mm. so okay. the, i didn't have a crush on him in the first movie in the first mm -hmm. movie i had a crush on oliver wood mm. uh who's fair. played by sean biggerstaff fair adorable fair he's mm -hmm. a lot more attractive in the movie than he is in the book in the book he's like a burly whatever yeah. but drake i book two or movie two was when i when mm -hmm. i got my crush on on draco mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you can yeah. see that mm -hmm. i mean i you know you i'm sure you could you could you could fix him you know you can make him better you can uh i don't right? want to fix him oh you want him to be evil i want, you want him, him to be, to be like is. that oh god and yet you're going hammer time against snape <sighs> for real thank you dan i am so glad just saying, here's here's the thing i don't no. want to fix him because he fixes himself throughout the series not really He's kind of yes, a, he does. He's kind of a he. A wimp. He redeems. He has he a redemption his at choice. the end. He makes his choice, and then he like quaffles about it, and he's such a baby. Like, just kill Dumbledore yeah, if you're gonna be about, about it. it. Just be about it. You know, I mean, right. come on. He's a sixteen-year-old boy. Come I'm just on. kidding. I love. We him. have the same reaction. I love him. I love that whole scene. But the, you know, the he has and all that when we get there. Even yeah. book seven, he has redemption in book seven. He chooses not to tell his aunt that this is Harry. He knows it's Harry. He's not an idiot. Who else would mm -hmm. be with Hermione? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think he actually has the ang Snape. Snape movie <laughs> is a. I like Snape in the movies. Because mm -hmm. it's Alan Rickman. But I cannot in consciousness ever really love Snape because I because of the books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Draco in the books and in the movies actually has redemption. Snape dies and redeems the entire wizarding world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, are, are you see, saying, so, so words, the only I way for him to redeem is to die? Is that what you're saying? You hate mm-hmm. him that much. The only way to redeem him is to kill him. You murderous human being. Wow. I'll have to think about that one as I go through the rest of the books. Wow. I really will have that's to think dark. about it. Because... That's dark, Ashley. That's dark for a Gryffindor. I know. What's wrong with you? And that's coming from me. It's Slytherin. A Slytherin, exactly. Even a Slytherin. Even for like, a guy what's like wrong me, that's cold. You? I'm actually coming from it from thinking as a writer of like, what would I do with that? Mm. I'm not coming at it from a Gryffindor. I'm coming at it as a writer. Typical Gryffindor answer. I know, right? <laughs> Try to distance themselves from their own arrogance is what they do. <laughs> I'm not trying to distance myself from my arrogance. That's my own. That's my writer arrogance. I don't know. I don't know. Give me. We still uh, have a it's my writer. Summer. It's not my Gryffindor arrogance. It's just I'm a writer. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. Such a Gryffindor. Okay. Thing. They all have hey. to justify themselves. At least we slither. We don't have hey. to justify ourselves. We know we're awesome. <laughs> exactly. Wasn't it? Um, who was it a couple episodes ago who said we all have a little bit of each house in us? Who was that? Hmm, Sammy. I clearly lean towards the Slytherins, though. <laughs> I agree with everything you he do. says. <laughs> you sure you didn't uh, specifically request Ravenclaw? Because I feel like the Sword of would have put you with us. I might have. Yeah, that's actually true. I, I, might have have I might have been like, please put me in Ravenclaw, because the Slytherins are just slightly too annoying for me. So mm-hmm. I need to I need to be with different people. Mm-hmm. And definitely keep those Gryffindors away from me. Only little doses at a time. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is, is your best friend is a Gryffindor. I know, right? Can you believe it? I know. You love me. Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, at least she admits it. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, Where are we uh, at? Sammy, what's your oh. favorite character? Oh, my bad. Who's okay. your favorite character? So, well, same beastly as Dan, except for the weird moaning Myrtle thing. So, it's not um, that weird. Lucius and Dobby. <laughs> well, you've, ne- you've, you've never bonded with an existential crying ghost. Not personally, no, no. Mm-mm. I will find one and then I'll let you know if I change okay. my opinion Fair enough. about Moaning Myrtle. Wait, hold on. You do? Do you identify with the Gray Lady? Because she does cry. Ooh, I feel the whale or moan. I feel bad though because the Gray Lady had that whole thing with the Bloody Baron. Like, I feel bad for her. I don't remember what happened with the Bloody Baron. Like, he's the reason she died, right? If I'm remembering the I story don't remember. correctly. We'll You're have to look into that book person. I'm gonna need you to remember that. I told you, I haven't. <laughs> I think that's the story. I think that's the story that I think it was the bloody baron like killed her, and they were like in a relationship, and it was like dramatic, something oh. like that. Yeah. Although I guess I should feel bad for Moaning Myrtle because the way she died, that does kind of suck. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, she died by a snake. I want to be empathetic towards her. It's just she's so obnoxious. <laughs> Just little doses of money, Myrtle. Maybe then I can tell her. Okay. What's really funny is like, okay, so she was a character in Doctor Who. And I remember her, like, Mm -hmm. I remember the episode vividly. Mm -hmm. Moni Myrtle is not just a character she put on. Like, I think that voice persona is her real voice. Like, that's how she, or maybe that's just how she acts. But it literally sounded Mm -hmm. like Moni Myrtle in a different show. Could be. Oh, really? Could be. Mm -hmm. 
I want to find it. I wonder if I can find an interview to see if that's like actually. Oh, she is. Yeah. 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 You know, I'll bet it just, I'll bet it just activates my savior complex. Cause I just, I have a thing for saving people. So maybe I just like, she's misunderstood. She's alone. And I'm like, no, I understand you. I get you. Well, she needs a friend. So you could go hang out with her in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, I do feel bad. They like hang out there and they just pretend she's not there. And I'm just like, that's right. kind of rude. You know? I mean, you guys. She's a little she's eccentric, but she's not that bad. Yeah. And she is helpful sometimes. Exactly. As we go down the line. She can't keep any secrets. Helpful. She doesn't keep secrets well, but she is, no. she's no. helpful. Well, yeah. Gets a little creepy when we get to the fourth movie. You know what? Oh, yeah, she's she a lonely a ghost. Lot. She's a lonely ghost. So mm. Yeah, I mean, she's also like in her 40s doing that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit weird to think about. It's a bit creepy. Mm-hmm. Anywho, you love Lucius and Dobby. I do. I love Lucius and Dobby for obvious reasons. So yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Favorite scenes. Okie dokes. Uh, favorite. All right. So favorite scenes. What did I write? Uh, flying to Hogwarts. I forgot how funny that scene was mm-hmm. like yeah. when they went, I mean, like when they, you know, they missed the train and everything and just everything just goes to absolute crap mm-hmm. as they're, as they're, I mean, from falling out of the car to almost getting hit by the train yeah. to the getting, I think we found the train, we mm-hmm. found the train. Oops. You know, and then they getting beaten up by the Whopping Willows. Just the whole time. I was cracking up the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I forgot how fun this scene was. Mm-hmm. So. Ron, muggles aren't accustomed to seeing a flying car. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, so it. cute. Uh, which ties into my next favorite scene, the Howler. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, my God. That, that Again, I was I laughed even harder during that one. Ronald Weasley. Ronald Weasley. <laughs> yes. Dad, you steal that car. I am absolutely disgusted. Your father's not facing an acquirement work, and it's entirely your fault. If you put another toe out of line, we'll bring you straight home. Oh, and Jenny, dear, congratulations on making Gryffindor. Your father and I are so proud. Such an right. absolute. I such have a this whole She's... movie memorized. I Good, because it. I was trying to remember and I couldn't remember it. So. Oh, I, I have it all that. memorized. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, I, I, love that. I would watch it on a loop. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. She's such a mom. She's such a mom. She has it's a complete so nice. outburst mm-hmm. and then immediately just flips to nurturing. Oh, congratulations! Like Every mom has that skill. Mm-hmm. You're not That's wrong. very true. Mm-hmm. Not wrong. Yep. Uh, all right. So moving along. Uh, so the howler slugs backfiring again. Does yeah. disgusting, but. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm, no- I'm noticing all three of these scenes involve Ron, so that says something about this. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you like Ron. Hey, Ron, okay, here's the thing. Ron is like the poster child for he's a little confused, but he got the spirit. Like, that's pretty much just Ron's yeah. entire memoir. His yeah. entire life story is yeah, he's a little confused, but you got the that's spirit. That's accurate. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so the last one I put was uh, meeting Tom Riddle. Because mm-hmm. then we actually get some, like, backstory and we mm-hmm. kind of see, yeah. okay. Oh, yes. Whole, uh, what it's all about. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Parallels between him and Harry and his interactions mm-hmm. with Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. little, yeah. little, little, little nuances. Because I noticed, like, you know, Dumbledore asks him, is there something you want to tell me? And Harry, like, really kind of hesitates. Like, should I be upfront with him about this? And he decides. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tom Riddle is just immediately, no, no, I'm mm-hmm. good. Little little things where yeah. you notice there's two very different characters. Yep. Yep. So, very true. Yeah. Um, I love the burrow scene. Yes. I want to live in the burrow. I want to mm-hmm. live with I, I want to be a Weasley. 
Mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to marry, mm-hmm. let me rephrase. I want to marry into the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the house is just so quaint and it's how it looks like it's just randomly mm-hmm. put together with different parts. And yes. Just, that's so cute. And just, I love the clock. I love, I love how they have just magic randomly going. Mm-hmm. The um, Molly and Arthur like are like those poster parents. Like Molly does annoy me later on in the series because mm-hmm. she gets a little too like she gets a little too mommy over Harry, and it annoys me just because I know like we know where he's going. He has to be the hero. It's like Molly, stop trying to hold him back. We have right. no choice. He has to mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I get it, but you need to let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But I just, I, I love that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the chamber scene. I think um, I go back and forth if I like the book or the the movie chamber scene better. I kind of like that they gave us a little bit more in the movie with with the fight and just the kind of intensity of it. But then mm-hmm. I also like how it was cleanly done in the book. I like both. Yeah. I like both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the howler. I didn't put it on here because because Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it, but pretty. Funny. As you can tell, I love the howler. Yeah. Oh, and I love the scene where she's like, where have you been? Bed's empty. No, no, cog on. Mm-hmm. Yes. You couldn't see. She okay. That part. That part. She's like Hermione. It's like mm-hmm. the women of the Wizarding World. It's like before you get us all killed or worse, expelled mm-hmm. for Weas- for Mrs. Weasley. It's like you, you could have died or you could have been seen. Like it mm-hmm. was worse to be yeah. seen. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Not that I blame oh. you, Harry. <laughs> I know it's always <laughs> not, not Harry's fault. Just immediately that flip. How oh, no. dare you? Not that I blame you. Oh, not not your fault at all, Harry. If a boss on the boss on his window, I'll put a boss on your window, Ronald Weasley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry, so how about a spot to breakfast? <laughs> Oh, it's great. Such a mom. Mm-hmm. It really is. Side note, you mentioned one of the part of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. What? Aside, from, aside from not having red hair, you do kind of look like a Weasley. I'm just going to point that out there a little bit. I do? Is that a good thing? I don't know. If that's a good thing. That, thing. How is that not thing? a good thing? Huh, okay. The Weasleys are a good looking group. They, <laughs> except for Percy. They have a pretty good uh, stock there. Yeah. Wow. Jenny, I can I can see like you and you you kind of look like Jenny a little bit. Uh-huh. I can see that. Jenny. Yeah. yeah, book Jenny. Mm-hmm. Book yeah. Jenny. Yeah, yeah, book, book Jenny. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Movie Jenny kind of annoys me <sighs> a little bit. Yeah, but it is what it is. You know. Oh my gosh, I didn't delete my my comments to you, Dan. So Dan and I were on this at the same time last <laughs> oh, night. Uh-huh. So I started typing to him. I noticed. Yeah, it made me laugh. He, yeah, he typed to me too, but he deleted his. Did I? What did I say? I thought, I thought I left it there. No, you didn't. You left. You. Oh, wait. No, yes, you did. Yeah. Hello, we're filling it the last minute. I see. I'm yeah, watching uh-huh. one or two. Yeah. I did see that this morning. It made me laugh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, say me with your favorite scenes. Um, okay. So we you touched on the burrow. Um, mm-hmm. The only things I would add to what you said is I loved how Ron's kind of embarrassed because they're always like, oh, the Weasleys are poor or yeah. whatever. And how Harry's just like, like, this is the best place I've ever been. Like, I love mm-hmm. this. And I just love that little scene with them because it really solidified their friendship. And it was really nice. And it's a home. Mm-hmm. I, it feels yes. so special to him. And yes. Ron's embarrassed, but he realizes, you know, like, it's just got so much love in it. The mm-hmm. burrow is the thousand no nay a million times better than that stupid mansion that the Malfoys have mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah there's a big difference between the families I agree yep. mm-hmm. it's a big difference and the other thing I like is when the boys are all supposed to be in trouble with the car and of course Arthur is just <laughs> like 
how did it mm-hmm. fly? Like he's just yeah. like, how'd it go? And, and then um, the boys, the last, that was very wrong of you. I know, that right? Very wrong of you. <laughs> it just cracks me up. And then I just love that little last bit before they cut where he's just like, um, Harry, can you tell me what the purpose of a, a rubber duck is or however he words it? <laughs> right. And I always just die laughing because it's such a brief little gl- glimpse at Arthur. And in that tiny t- little snippet, we get to see how he is and you get mm-hmm. the perfect vibe for how Arthur is. And yeah. I just loved that introduction for him. He too. says it with such potency too. Like it's the mm-hmm. most important complex. What is the point of a rubber duck? I and know, then he takes a bite of his egg. Serious. Right. He's mm. so serious about the rubber duck thing. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure how to answer this question. <laughs> oh, I just love it. Fun? Mm, yeah, it's nothing a, a I don't know, to look at. I have no idea. There is no purpose. So um, in a bathtub. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I said anything with Dobby because just because he's funny. He's messing mm-hmm. up his whole life and Harry's whole life. And, you know, it's just so hilarious seeing him try and keep Dobby calm and Dom Dobby beating himself up every two seconds and mm-hmm. making all that noise. And, and then at the end, it's so lovely to see when they're leaving and he gets the diary and the way he opens it. And he's just mm-hmm. like, master has given Dobby a suck. Dobby is free. And I just, mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, Dobby. Good for you. And I wish we got more Dobby coming up we will be complaining about that as we go along because there's so much more Dobby in the books than there is in the mm-hmm. movies and it makes me very sad Actually, because more. the way he grows as a character this little house elf the way he develops it's it's great but it's fine yeah. and that's why his death is so much harder for yes. us who have read the books because yeah. of what we see throughout the books all mm-hmm. this yeah mm-hmm. yeah even Hedwig like, I feel like they cheaped out her death a little bit and how she, like, it felt like it was too quick. Mm-hmm. Felt they could have done some, yeah. something to, like, just... It was the know. worst part, though, about... Obviously, we'll get into this, but Hedwig's death is there's so much in the books because it's so much about how Harry talks about how he's feeling whenever he thinks about it, the pain. And, you know, you can't see it on the yeah, it's, screen. It's so. hard to portray it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, favorite lines that we haven't maybe done yet, Dan. I know we've done a lot. We've done a lot. There were there were probably more that I could think of, but this is the only one that like came to my mind. And it was the funniest in my opinion. But it was, uh, it was of course, you know, young Myrtle, where she goes, uh, "I was just sitting in the U bend thinking about death, and it fell through the top of my head." <sighs> I just thought it was so hilarious. Oh, money, gosh. The, the way the way they do her voice is like odd ASMR to me. Like I find it oddly relaxing. Oh really? Yeah, just the way they kind of oscillate it a little bit, so it's kind of like ghostly. Uh-huh. But then it's like that kind of like ooh, just like oh, you're putting me to sleep. Mm-hmm. See, her voice to me is like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, she kind of yeah. annoys me a little bit when she talks. Yeah. I find it oddly calming. Okay. Well, we all have our weird. Um... We all got our quirks. Yes, yep. we do. Our, our quirky attractions. Yes. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. not an attraction. I don't like her like that. I just think she's amusing. Then it sounds like it. Then I'm sorry to tell you, but sometimes it sounds a little like you're like subconsciously attracted to this ghost. Dan just wants to hang out with her, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, uh, you maybe have maybe another maybe. line on here. It's not the only one you had. That's true. I mean, look, I like her after Bellatrix and Tonks. Okay, put it that way. Okay. Bellatrix is just like mommy to me, but 
that's a whole other thing. Oh boy, I can't wait till we get to her. Couple oh, more I, to go. I, I, actually, I actually got a fun story about that, but yeah, we can get there when we meet her later. Her <laughs> second quote. Anyway, mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry. Anyway. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, keep it PG. Anyway, uh, and the okay, so the other quote: um, Hagrid never gets out of Azkaban. I'll kill him. I love that's that quote. A good one. It's yeah. a good quote. Slightly That's a wrong. good one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. So I've said my lines. Like the howler's my favorite. I've already mm-hmm. the the speech from Mrs. Weasley's my other favorite. Mm-hmm. But I also love. I love that if Hagrid ever gets out of Aspen, I'll kill him. Mm-hmm. I love Sammy's. I'm not going to say her so she can say it. Um. And then I, I just, I don't know. There's just a lot of quotable moments in this movie for mm-hmm. me that I just kind of love the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Valid. I get you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Sammy. <sighs> so, Ron, I feel you. Why spiders? Why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? And I'm with you. I do not watch the spider scene. I avoid it. I can't do it. I do not like spiders, especially giant spiders that talk. No. Mm-mm. Fair enough. No. So I'm with Ron on that. Mm-hmm. Even though they embellished it for the movie, I'm like, yep, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> you have one more, Sammy. I already did that one. Oh, okay. I thought Dobby you were is free. It again. No, I already did my <laughs> Dobby is free. Sorry, I'm like, I did it. I did my Dobby is free. I already talked about Dobby. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, good movie. Good book. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about the younger years for them. I, mm-hmm. Maybe because it's not as dark. Mm-hmm. We don't have to deal with all the other other angst of it. Right. But it's just, I don't know. It's I I like buildup of characters. I like the times mm-hmm. when we when we get to see like who they are and how they become who they are, like the burrow scene and just all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I feel like that's what books one, two, and even kind of three is, mm-hmm. is like building these characters for us and letting us see who they are before we really have to get into the grit of mm-hmm. Voldemort. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, who must he who must not be named? No, his name is Voldemort. Uh, I might as well say it. Huh? He's going to kill you either way. You might as well just say his name. Fear of the name only increases whenever she Fear says. Fear of the thing itself. Fear of the thing itself, yes. Mm-hmm. We'll get there eventually, yeah. but one of my favorite lines is when McGonagall finally says it. Like, his name is Voldemort, so you might as well use it. Yeah, she's yeah. just, like, tired of this <clears throat> crap. Enough. Just... Yeah. Well, and that's after Dumbledore dies. So no, she true. used to not say Voldemort's name. Mm-hmm. She would say he who must not be named, and Dumbledore's mm-hmm. like, just say it. Mm-hmm. Right, Mm-hmm. and and when or he'll actually he mostly calls him tom he doesn't even call him voldemort He's like, i know yeah. which is the most insulting right thing he yeah. could do the most mm-hmm. insulting thing to voldemort is to continuously refer to him as tom riddle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep it's like you don't think about it like it being an insult but it's like mm-hmm. no he's literally like trying to he's like no you're you're not powerful mm-hmm. enough for me to call mm-hmm. you anything but the fact that right. you were my student tom yep mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah mm-hmm. that'll be you shouldn't have come here tonight, Tom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what movie was that in? Fifth. Fifth. That's right. Yes. I was like, when are they facing off? I'm like, I'm like going through each off? movie. I'm like, I'm going through like my mental. <laughs> yeah, have you guys ever fun. seen NCIS? Mm-hmm. Occasionally. With Abby. You know Abby? She does a scene where she's like, can't remember this like tattoo. And she's mm-hmm. like, hold on. I got to 
um, she st stops and starts doing this and doing this and this. And, and McGee's like, what are you doing? She's like, stop. Like he tried to touch, touch something that she's mm -hmm. rearranging. She's like, stop. I'm trying to rearrange my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. That's funny. like Abby. Is Abby mm -hmm. the weird goth girl? Yes. yes. Okay, the happy yeah. goth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yes. Who's a forensic scientist. One of my favorite characters. Yeah, she, yeah. Mm -hmm. NCIS is like one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I want Gibbs to be my father. Mm -hmm. I want to marry Denozo and I want Abby to be my sister and Ziva. Ziva's BA. I want her to teach me how to fight. Uh, mm -hmm. Telling on myself, I marry Abby. Oh, well, I would have I called that. that. Yeah, <laughs> that was if you said assumption. anything else, I would have been shocked. I'm like, are you sure? Have you seen Abby? <laughs> I feel like, I mean, she sleeps in a coffin. I feel like that's Which is kind of your vibe. Maybe that's a bit extreme. Like, coffin's a bit extreme, but. Might be a bit of a tight fit. Yeah. Apparently her and McGee were fine in it. So, you know. Well, there you go. Mm, true story. Mm-hmm. Because there's a scene Gibbs is like, did you sleep in the coffin, McGee? He's like, it was a coffin? You said it was a sofa bed. She's like, well, it kind of is. She's like, well, and we did more than just sleep. And everyone's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But we just got off topic. A lot. Um, so that is the end of Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a secret. Mm -hmm. Basilic is dead. It and is. so is Riddle's weird horcrux. teenage self. Yeah. Right. Um, which we don't know he's a horcrux yet. Like that's the thing. Like we're all mm -hmm. it's funny, like you look back on when you I remember reading what horcruxes are, and you're like, oh, <gasps> It's a horcrux. Makes and, that and connection, how, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. he makes the connection. It, it's that connection of like, she did. Like, people, I don't think people really understand the complexity that this woman went into in these books mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how good they are and how much, like, yeah. yes, there's probably little plot holes here and there, but not to the extent that some authors who create these series that they don't realize it's going to be a series till later and they create these big plot mm -hmm. holes. Like, no, she, she really gave it all the thought that she could. He have. did. Yeah. She mm -hmm. like mapped this sucker. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she's up there with Jay with Lewis and Tolkien when it comes to how creating a mm -hmm. story. And I know for some people that's blasphemous, but I don't care. She's mm -hmm. up there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think yeah. she will be literally remembered forever for how she crafted these. Well, that's the biggest thing too. It's just making everything. I mean, you can make things as creative and elaborate as you want, but you have to tie it all together and have it actually make some kind of logical sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, yeah. she understood that. Yep, she did. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Well, next week we are walking into what some people, uh, in, I think, including ourselves, um, would consider one of the best books and movies. Mm -hmm. of um the harry potter series which is mm -hmm. the third one which is harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban we yeah. get to see a little bit more of james's people uh and bring in kind of that element and um i don't know 13 year old harry he's i feel like he's less the least annoying in this one yeah, he's definitely a lot more mature in this one and mm -hmm. then he goes through puberty and then it's just no. Yeah, it's the fifth one where I really lose my mind with him. That's what teenagers will do to you. So many rants, and I'm and I lose my mind with Hermione in the wait. Is it Spew is Goblet? That's Goblet of Fire. Goblet, yeah. mm -hmm. I lose my mind with Hermione in the fourth one. Mm -hmm. I lose my mind with Harry in the fifth one, and then Ron takes me off in the second or in the seventh. Yeah, Ron. Yeah, no, I can see that with Ron. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, Ron takes me off in the fourth too. 
oh yeah he makes jelly. me pretty mad in the fourth one too he's yeah. all jelly because he thinks that harry would actually put his name in the goblet of fire oh oh don't oh, tell yeah. me how you did it shut up ron what are you doing obviously right. if he's telling you he didn't do it he didn't do it i really think ron is just like he has a jealousy thing because mm-hmm. he wants some sort of attention he wants mm-hmm. to find himself he wants to be separate from his brothers who all have their own thing mm-hmm. and instead he finds he's best friends with the chosen one and he's I, in I, the shadow still I i'm wondering if that affects it. that <clears throat> to him no i can understand like he kind of always feeling like no matter where he goes he's a sidekick yeah yeah like that i, that, I could see that getting to him that would that mm-hmm. would get to me i can yeah yeah that's fair and I think that's why she had him end up with Hermione, mm-hmm. which annoys me because mm-hmm. I really don't think they should have ended up together. I like it. I like them. She originally was going to have Hermione and Harry. Yeah, no. I knew. Yeah, no, no, I knew no. It was originally. No. Sorry. No. Right? That's what Fred. Her and Fred. Really? I thought it was Hermione and Harry originally. Like in the They're... early mm-hmm. drafts. It was Fred, right, Sammy? Yeah, I don't think it was Harry. Later, she said she probably should have had her with Harry. Yes. That's After. right. She admitted mm-hmm. it. Like yeah, maybe I, I should have had her with Harry. Mm-hmm. But in the early drafts, Fred was she was supposed to end up with Fred, not Ron. I guess like I can see it. Dying. I can see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a better match. Freaking Ron. Yeah. But I also think her and Harry would have been a better match. I think so. Better I match, just... but way too predictable. Yeah. That's fair, I mean, that, yeah. That's, that's like, fair. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's like it's like it's like everyone would have seen it from the that's like if Luke and Leia were not brother and sister, then everyone would expect them to get together. It's like, true. It's, it's that mm-hmm. equivalent. It's true. But her move if movie Jenny was more like book Jenny, I would have been more okay with her and Harry. But it just mm, yeah. Movie Jenny and him did not make sense. Mm-hmm. There's she was definitely Jenny a lot did. more or she was like not as prevalent she wasn't or prominent whatever the mm-hmm. word is. yeah she, she really one. just seemed to be kind of Either one. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 what would have been interesting is ron or harriet ending up with luna that would have been interesting because i love luna i like love i'm luna. So, that's another reason why i love the next movie because we get luna you get luna I love She is an interesting one. She is an interesting one. Right? Is it the next movie? No. I thought that was no, I no. thought that was uh, because it come to the fifth one. Because it's but after it Harry starts to, to see the mm-hmm. horse things. Dang yeah. it, it is the fifth one. Oh, I yeah. she came the next one. I'm no, saying, yeah, we got a little ways we get to I'm a little sad. Looney Lovegood doesn't show up yet. Mm-hmm. Darn it. But love I mean Luna is I think because Neville I don't the movies they have Neville falling in love with her, but Neville actually mm-hmm. doesn't end up with her. There's no relationship. There's nothing. Like I hate mm-hmm. that they added that. Yeah. And honestly, Harry with Luna would have been interesting. I know, especially yeah. since they went to Slughorn's party together and they had a yeah. good time. So mm-hmm. I really think that would have been a better mm-hmm. maybe not better, but like more unlikely to where it would have been more satisfying. It's one of those like, yes. oh, I didn't expect yes. that, but yeah, I get it. Yes, yes, that's where we could have you just we said. could have agreed with it. Yes, because yeah. mm-hmm. I could have seen Neville and Jenny ending up together. Yeah, I could have seen that too. I could too. see that. I could see that. Honestly, mm-hmm. I could see them together. Yeah, yeah, and then um, her Hermione, Hermione, if they didn't kill off Fred. 
or she could have done George or just mm-hmm. not kill off my our twins. Yeah, I could just left him alone. Why I want that is the one question I need answered. I need that answered. Why did you kill one twin? Why? I mean, because, I know why because, because of the war and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why well, would have just said because it's sadder? Well, she did give an explanation. She said, mm-hmm. so in an interview somewhere, she said, when it came to who was going to die, she's like, I had two choices. I either had to kill off Harry and he would be the only one who killed off because that would have been the biggest loss. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm not going to kill off Harry, I have to kill off a lot of people and make it very significant. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's war and in war you have yeah. loss and there has to be loss somewhere. Mm-hmm. I buy that. And she, instead of killing off Harry, which honestly, in my own opinion, would have been a better ending. Mm -hmm. I really, truly believe that Harry should have just died. Not just died, but, you know, Mm -hmm. him and like both of them gone. Because the Mm -hmm. fact that now Harry has this PTSD that he has to deal with with the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And really, he was a pawn in really this whole, his whole life, he was a pawn. Yep. It just, it would have been more epic in my, ma- sad, tragic, mm-hmm. but like a tragic epic of him mm-hmm. dying. But this book is technically for, where it's technically made for younger kids and later mm-hmm. and you normally don't. Yeah, how dare you tell kids about the facts of life? Oh, God. Kill off your main character. You, you know, know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're character. right, because nobody ever dies ever, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Stop spooning feeding the kids. That's well, my opinion. Yeah, so it, in my mind, them dying at the same time, them dying kind of in the same epic battle mm-hmm. would have made just a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But that's me. No, I but I don't know if not. I could have actually done it. Like I say it, but mm-hmm. if I was JK, I don't know if I would actually. Yeah, getting you, when you actually get to that point where you mm-hmm. have to kill this character that you've lived with most of your, you know, spent most mm-hmm. of your life developing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the very beginning. I mean, you've known this character longer than anybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. forever is going to be embedded in just the psyche of you and your audience and generations to come. And, and this character you, is you. Like she put a lot of her you. in it. Exactly. exactly. Yes. So mm-hmm. like you really just gonna just gonna take him out. Yeah. Coming yeah. and that's why I'm like like being JK, I, I couldn't have done it. Yeah, but like coming from like like a very, very distant like writer, like mm-hmm. looking at the story from the outside in sort of deal, like, oh, it would have made like story-wise, it would have been very dramatic and very mm-hmm. it would even it still would have been a fulfilling ending if he passed, if she did it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it, we, killing Harry would have never flown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would as, be too hard. as the person writing it mm-hmm. yeah but she said it was she said she was crying i heard an interview she was crying when she was writing the scene yeah i read that too fred mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that it was very hard for her mm-hmm. yeah i believe that and i also watched the interview of the twins we'll talk i know we're getting off topic but i also watched the interview of the twins of um i can't remember which one played which but one of the twins was talking about like seeing his brother dead on the floor and mm-hmm. all the tears and all all of it all of it that we see in the scene was mm-hmm. real like in yeah. his mm-hmm. mind like him seeing his brother dead on the floor was real to him mm-hmm. and I'm it sure. was that was all real emotion like mm-hmm. his twin had to get up and be like dude i'm fine it's okay it's like, okay come it's here. like yeah. <laughs> he had to comfort him mm-hmm. because he it, it felt so real of, oh of the loss wow wow those are some they are tight mm-hmm. like they do everything together like once they, I I fear for when they finally like marry if they ever do. 
Mm-hmm. They're poor wives. Yeah. <laughs> They're just gonna end up getting a duplex together, all just four. All yep. Four <laughs> they can have their own TV show. Yeah, right. pretty much. But I gotta go because I gotta have an hour before people get here, and Ooh. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, change and actually like be a person. Um, look like a person for okay. Father's Day celebrations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Pixie Dusters, thank you so much for joining us on the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Be here next week as we dive into the Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm so excited to get to talk about uh, uh, Lupin and. Did you forget Sirius Black? Serious. I want to slap you through the computer right now. I kept wanting to say Severus. I'm like, it's not Severus. What is the name? Oh, my goodness. That's like being a Star Wars fan and saying Han who? Han, what's his name? Oh, I forget his name. What's his face? Oh, wow. Sirius Black. There we go. Yes. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Later. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. The show is written and produced by Ashley and Sammy, except for those manifestos, which are all written by Dan himself. Intro and audio editing by Sammy, logo created by Ashley. The show is produced as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Make sure you check out all of our other shows and have a magical day.